This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Well, good morning. We have uh, this morning a well-read and a well-known parable before us. The lawyer starts us off by testing Jesus, by asking him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus, as he quite often does, turns the question back to the lawyer and asks him what he reads in the law. And we hear the lawyer appropriately quote Deuteronomy chapter 6, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus, of course, praises this answer as correct, but the lawyer goes on and he asks, who is my neighbor? And I imagine here that the lawyer is really trying to control like a photographer or an artist might crop and frame an image. I think the lawyer here is trying to define who his neighbor is, right, in a way that kind of limits his responsibility. It's big enough that it seems loving and merciful, but small enough that it seems manageable, right, something I can achieve. He wants to have control over who's defined or who he calls his neighbor. But Jesus, of course, doesn't answer the question, but instead tells a story or provides us with this parable the story of a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. We're told that this traveler is beaten and robbed, left naked, bleeding, and suffering in a ditch on the side of the road. And then a priest and a Levite, two people who stand, we believe, for faithful and upright members of society, people who quite likely would have been actual neighbors, right, at least regionally or nationally, to this man in the ditch, but they both pass by on the other side of the road. We aren't told why they didn't stop, if they were trying to be ritually clean and pure or to avoid the blood and the nakedness of this man, or they were late for a meeting, we have no idea. But the shocking part of the story comes next, because it's the Samaritan who takes steps to help the man in the ditch. We're told that the Samaritan draws near to the man in need. Instead of crossing to the other side, he approaches, and he risks an encounter with this naked, bleeding, and suffering man. Second, he shows pity and compassion and true concern. He bandages and treats the man's wounds. He gives him his own animal to ride on, and then he takes him to an inn where he offers two days wages and even more to ensure that this man is well cared for and safe. It's compassion and action. The Samaritan sees suffering and responds. He draws near and he offers care and assistance. And it's important to note that the Samaritan wouldn't have been considered most likely this man's neighbor. Right, that honor would have fallen to the priest or the Levite, the residents of Jerusalem, the ones who crossed to the other side. The Samaritan and the people of Jerusalem certainly would not have been neighborly. And if you would ask the hearers of this story, who would be most likely to offer assistance in Jerusalem, the Samaritan would likely have been in last place. 
The hearers might have even, if they were picking roles in this story, would probably have assigned the Samaritan to be the robbers, the ones who took advantage of the man, certainly not the hero of the story. They would have reflected the long-standing prejudice and animosity that existed between the Samaritans and the Jews. They wouldn't have crossed the racial and the ethnic boundaries that existed between their nations. But this parable was meant to shock, to shock us, right? To waken us up and to alert us to the kind of action and to what's happening in this story. So to put it into today's terms, if you are a Democrat, the Samaritan would probably be a Trump supporter in a red MAGA hat. If you're a Republican, the Samaritan would probably have on a Biden and Harris t-shirt. The Samaritan could also be a, a Russian, an immigrant, a homeless person, a prisoner, anyone that we tend to other or divide ourselves from, anyone that we try to separate ourselves from. But notice also that the lawyer is obsessed with defining who and how. What must we do be done? Who should we focus our love and our efforts on? And the lawyer is seeking knowledge and clarity and really trying, I think, to limit and control what's happening here. But Jesus doesn't answer the question of who or really even the details of how. Jesus simply focuses on action. In the end, what matters in the story is the actions of the players. Did they cross to the other side of the road or did they draw near? Did they show contempt or fear or did they show compassion and concern? What matters is action and behavior. The lawyer asks questions and tries to define, but it isn't about who is my neighbor, it's what does a neighbor do? How does a neighbor act? To push the story even a bit further, I think we have to consider that the parable challenges us not just to offer love and support and mercy to those who are unlike us, but also asks us to consider how we would accept an offer of help and assistance from someone that we other. Instead of doing what the lawyer was doing and try and frame the parable to make ourselves a little more comfortable or to try to make it seem a little more achievable, a little more palatable, what if we did the opposite? What if we tried to frame the parable in a way that makes us the most uncomfortable, that shocks us the most? We imagine ourselves lying in the ditch, naked, hurt, suffering, bleeding, robbed, and we see the two people we think most likely to stop and help us literally pass by on the other side of the road, leaving as much room as possible between us and the person we thought would be our savior. And then as we lie there bleeding, we look up in the outstretched arm, the offer of help and support comes from someone that we other, someone that we shame or distance ourselves from, someone that we dislike, maybe even hate is standing over us, reaching down, offering to pull us out of the ditch. This isn't meant to be a sweet and a syrupy love or mercy. It's a radical action, one that breaks down barriers and crosses boundaries, one that brings people closer to each other 
in ways that are unexpected. One of my favorite commentators to read is, is a preacher. His name is David Lowe's, and I'm going to quote him something he wrote about the parable of the Good Samaritan. Perhaps it's worth noting what a different picture of God this offers. The God to whom Jesus witnesses isn't defined first and foremost by God's power or might or need for praise, but rather by God's concern that we treat each other well, that we help each other flourish, that we live together in mutual care for one another right here and now. God is less a ruler than a parent, less a lawgiver than lover, less a rule enforcer than one who desires all things good for God's children. And perhaps Jesus's entire ministry, including his death on the cross, was to demonstrate God's tremendous love for us and God's burning desire that we similarly love each other. We're called to draw near each other, to show compassion, to cause shock and surprise as we tear down boundaries in the name of mercy. So go and do likewise. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.